Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Hey, I'm not going to lie. The official ratings come out later, actually Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes when those things happen, the bosses don't let you look at them for a little while because they want to spin it and, and, and whatever. But, uh, the, yeah, we, we went through rating sweeps end of April through the beginning of June. And uh, the official ratings will be out, uh, put on by Eastland. It's e- E-A-S-T-L-A-N, no D on the end. Uh, but they've been uh, rating radio for uh, basically this market and bigger, this size market and bigger for years and years and years. And I'm pretty excited. I'm hoping that the, the ratings come out favorable. I think they will. A lot of people tune in to news. A lot more people that don't necessarily even listen to news normally are listening to news now. But it is Mayor Thursday. Mayor John Pike in, in the house. Have you lost some weight? You're looking pretty svelte. Well, <clears throat> I don't know about that, but I am trying. I got to I got to get my blood pressure down a little bit. You know, in this job, sometimes there are things oh, that yeah. make it go up. So, <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, I got to work on that. So I, I have been trying. You look good. You look I've good. been playing a little bit of pickleball too. No, yeah. finally got you out on yeah, the court. My, my kids are going nuts over it, and so yeah. for Father's Day, uh, Andy, they bought me a new paddle, uh, racket. They paddle, call it paddle, no, paddle, yeah, paddle, paddle. Yeah, racket was, for was, racquetball and yeah, tennis. But. So paddle um, from over at Dick's, they got me a paddle, and so um, we're kind of all in, in my. I had a daughter just come home from a church mission, and mm-hmm. so they got her one too. Yeah, and so we're kind of all getting geared up and we've been over the the last few months of the um uh, uh of the covid stuff when pickleball was open we've been playing pickleball and um nice. so yeah we've been out we we live in bloomington so we've got you know four courts out there and and uh, my son and and his wife live in town they're newlyweds and students at dixie state they play at the new vernon worthen ones which by the way we're going to officially kind of uh yeah, ribbon cutting we yeah. have a ribbon cutting tonight even though they've been open for a while yeah, I was I was thinking about coming over and then maybe playing afterward, but then I thought everybody and their dog is going to be out yeah. there playing tonight, so maybe I'll wait till tomorrow night or something like well, that. Well, they're going to let a couple of us on the city council, uh, and I will do a little volley for a minute here tonight, and then we'll get it going. Oh, so the pressure was on. You had to get somewhat good at it if you were going to be performing in public, well, right? I didn't know that till yesterday, oh. so... <laughs> But no, I you know I played tennis as a kid. I wasn't necessarily good at it, but I took some lessons and played and a bit. And then uh, you know pickleball is is of course very different, but it you know some of the same similar skills. Yeah, very very similar. In fact, most uh, tennis people. In fact, I had a friend who who came to town was a tennis player had not ever played pickleball, but Mm. by the end of the weekend. They were pretty good because because yeah. the the motion, the anticipation, everything is is very much the same as tennis. You throw a little a kind of little table tennis too, and right. you mix those two together, you have you have pickleball. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, we've had crazes and fads come through, uh, you know, over the years, and and but they they most of them have gone away. Uh, pickleball is a little different. It's got some staying power. Uh, cities are building courts. Obviously, St. George has been heavily involved in that. you got the Little Valley. How many are out there at Little Valley now? 24. 24 courts yeah. out there at Little Valley. And at any, on any given evening, they're packed. They're full. That's right. And uh, I drove by the uh, both the Bloomington ones and the uh, Vernon Worthen ones this morning. I, uh, sometimes, like on a morning like this, I'll go kind of check things out a little bit before I come on the show just to see what's going on. And, yeah, Careful. All courts full. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I guess my point being, it doesn't seem like pickleball is a fad so much as it's something that's here to stay. 
I think so. And, you know, we all wondered that, too. And, of course, as a city, when you're investing in facilities like that, you kind of say, well, how much do we do? Yeah. Um, but we've, uh, as you can kind of tell, pretty much gone all in. And, mm-hmm. in fact, we're going to build uh, four more courts out at Bloomington this year. Uh, You know, our our new fiscal year starts July 1. So we're going to, there's been such a demand, we're going to build, we've got some space that we're going to build four more courts. So, and then, you know, we'll be doing more in other places where we're looking right now at, uh, we're going to be designing uh, over there in Tonaquint Terrace, uh, Curly Hollow Park, they call it, right by Tonaquint Intermediate School. The the city has a bunch of property there. We're going to build a park there. And so we'll design that. My guess is we'll have some pickleball courts there. There. I'm not talking 24 courts, but we'll, right. we'll probably have a significant number there. There was a, a time you guys were trying to get enough courts to make it so the National Pickleball Association would want to have their big tournaments here. How is the, well, what's happened with that? Well, frankly, you know... A, couple things one covid's put everything kind of you know on hold well, that's true yeah in terms of you know revenues and so forth so the other thing is we've we've just struggled with um you know can we do that all in one place you know for example in little valley we don't have any more property there yeah we're out of room yeah we're out of room and and so we're we're kind of wrestling with you know like for example the curly hollow park um, we're not sure if the neighbors would want all the lights and everything because they're right on it there mm-hmm. um, and all the tournament play. But we thought about building another 24 courts there. Uh, and, and then between the two, you know, if, if that would work, yeah. you know, for a major tournament. I mean, we'll see. But Now, where's this Curly Hollow at, by the you, way? You know before? where Tonaquint, Tonaquint Drive is. It's sure. the back way into Bloomington. Oh, okay. So there's uh, um, the brand new... Blackhawk um, uh, townhomes development right on the corner of Curly Hollow and Tonaquint, and wrapped around those those uh, townhomes between them and the um, uh, regular homes, the uh, traditional homes. We own about oh, I'm thinking about 20 acres. Oh, okay. And so it's going to be a park. The question is. How is much, it going to be a pickleball yeah, part? And how much pickleball? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm guessing there will be pickleball. It's just, are there eight courts or are there more, you know? But, mm-hmm. but you know, there's the issue of uh, big tournaments, and then there's the issue of spreading it around so that everybody in the city can enjoy right. closer to them, you know, pickleball. So we're we're trying to deal with those several issues i i live in middleton now there's not really a court yep. that's like close no there's Werner not Worthen's pretty close yeah uh, i could go over to washington to sullivan park there's of course little valley but all of them are you know you have to go through some things to get to them so, exactly right uh so I, we might need to look i mean you got yeah. you got middleton park there i'm mm-hmm. not sure um if people it's, would want us to do it's that kind it's kind of trapped in there there's is. not really room there no, there's the forest tight. park but you know, you don't want to do anything to a forest park. I mean, the whole point is to have a forest That's there. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we kind of have to... Um, I don't have room in my backyard. No, and I know people that have done that. I know. It's, it's kind of a thing now. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. In fact, Troy, who owns a new new business, Barbecue Pit Stop, oh, uh-huh. um, he, he put one in in his backyard. And I said, do you place as well? I'm learning. So he's, he's new, but uh, even wow. b- before becoming a pickleball fan, he built one in his backyard. He's a new resident here. So. That's a commitment, huh? For sure. <laughs> For sure. But I'm sure he'll like it because really, I don't know anybody that, that hasn't tried pickleball that doesn't like it. You know, they, they really, they end up liking it. Even yeah. if, even like me, if they don't play it every day or something, I, I really do like it. It's something I could see myself doing the rest of my life. 
There, are, there are certain sports that are easy to get into because yes. because of the simplicity and actually the, the very small financial commitment. Uh, I mean, if you want to become a really good golfer, you got to spend some bucks. Yep. You know, if you want to even even tennis, you want to become a really great tennis player. First of all, you got to be in good shape, and then you've got to spend money on some pretty good equipment. Probably join a club. You don't have to do that with pickleball. You buy a couple of decent paddles. Some the plastic balls are like two bucks each, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got you know you've got yourself a hobby. Right? Exactly. I mean, we got some you know cheap. They were kind of the wood type paddles. Uh, that's how it all start, that's usually how we starts. started. Yeah. 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 And we got those a couple of years ago, and and then you know my son got into it, and he said you got to get a better paddle. That's right. Dad. So or it's so, a graphite pops. Yep. So we 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 did we. Um, he he and his wife and and my two daughters and and now um, I have a, a nice one of my wife's you know we'll get her hers too but uh, we're we're just kind of one at a time getting upgrading a bit and it is fun and it does make a difference the paddles do make a difference absolutely yeah I went from cheap wood to okay decent one but yeah. st- I, you know I was still playing with people who had much better panels than me and now I've got pretty good one and uh, I'm still playing with people who spend I got a friend who spent 300 bucks on their paddle. Like $300 for a paddle? Okay. But uh, anyway, yeah, pickleball, I think, is here to stay. Uh, The commitment, I think, by you you people in charge in in Washington and St. George, and, you know, I think it's great. Uh, I think that it's for older people. My dad's 85. He's talking about picking up pickleball now that, you know, now that, that things aren't as stressful at home. Uh, and I think he could play. I mean, you know, he didn't run like he used to, but, he, you, you know, if you hit the ball, you can hit the ball. Right. right. So Right. And, you know, you don't uh, you don't have to run quite as far as, like, in tennis. Even. Right, right. You got a little less, well, a lot less court to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, you, mm-hmm. you know, you still, if you really want to, of course, be competitive, you got you to gotta zip around a bit. But, but, you know, you can have a lot of fun without being overly aggressive with it. So, And that's the other, the other thing I was going to say. Pickleball is very simple and cheap to get into. Yep. And, but if you want to be good at it, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, just like just about any sport out there. Well, like I can't serve it like my son can, you know. But but I can still have a lot of fun and yeah. And and so you know I I got with my new racket. I'm hoping I can spin a little bit better and paddle. You know, but yeah, paddle. paddle. Sorry, that's, see, that's I, okay. I do that because I'm I'm too tennis oriented. So that's yeah. okay. That's anyway, okay. it's it's fun and um, uh, you know we are we are committed to it and we're trying to uh, you know the. The main purpose for uh, for us to build the pickleball is for our community, but it's a nice side benefit to bring in tournaments, uh, and and it doesn't you know doesn't bring in tons of revenue honestly, it, but it helps and every bit helps in terms of the uh, the hotel motel restaurants and that does bring in mostly to the state and the county some of the transient room tax it's called, and we get a little piece of that, so it doesn't really pay for itself. But it helps our businesses. And, and, yeah. and then every day, you and I and everyone else that enjoys, you know, pickleball in this case or the trails or, you know, other facilities, soccer, you know, those kinds of things, um, we get to enjoy them every day of the year. And and then those that visit can enjoy them when they come for tournaments. For sure. For sure. Uh, just to, to change topics real quick, the gubernatorial race turning yeah. out to be very close. Very I know your, your guy, Spencer Cox, in the last poll was up by a few points on Huntsman and, and Hughes making a late surge too. He's in the race still. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, it's mail in this year, which is 
uh, kind of different. I know that the, a lot of the Republican leaders nationally are like, no, we can't do mail-in. There's too much opportunity for fraud. I haven't found that to be the case in Utah. I think our, you know, our county clerk and auditors do a really good job of making sure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Uh, comparing signatures, next you have a fancy machine that runs it through, and if the yes. signature is close, it will, uh, it will shoot it through. And if it's not close, they have to make a phone call or two. That's right. So I actually, you know, uh, I can't remember when it was. If it was last year or two years, I guess it would have been two years ago. Whenever we first did mailing, it might have just been last year, I went and watched the process. Oh, did you? I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah, the county invited me down to look at it because they operate the elections, if you will. Yeah. They run them. And I went and watched. I was impressed. Um, they, they really do a great job. Yeah, I, I want to see one of those machines. It sounds pretty cool. It is cool. And like you say, the whole signature thing, that's, that's legit. Yeah. You've got some good recognition there. And, and, and you're right. They will, they will um, pick up the phone, contact people. And they each, did it to me once. Yeah, yeah. did they? Yeah, and they each, called and, and each ballot, you know, is tied to an envelope. You know, they've got a number or a barcode. I forget which. Right. Um, and so they, you know, you got to make sure you match those up right. And so I, I like it. And it, it, again, it doesn't mean it's it's without the possibility of fraud, but um, they do their very best. And I think it's a, a very good process that will minimize it. And, you know. I don't know. We'll see where it goes in the future, but but right now I I kind of like it. I like being able to take the time, uh, you know, not so much this time, but to research, yeah, to look at my ballot, yeah. remember. Okay, I forgot that that was on there. You know, like the last time we were looking at, um, you know, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, initiatives, you know, initiatives, initiatives right. referendum, you know, and so you 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 know this gave okay. I got to go study that for for a day or two before I actually right. vote on it. And so, you know, there, and some of those, you know, cause you've been watching, but there's, for me, there's always one or two that kind of creep up on me. And I was going, Oh, I didn't know that was on the ballot. So, yeah. Yeah, no, so I anyway, I, I like it. I think it's a good way to go. Uh, and by the way, you must have your ballot postmarked by Tuesday. Right. Uh, so technically they won't be able to count all the ballots and officially declare winners until, um, you know, after after Tuesday, you know, maybe a few days after that to make it official. But I think most people have already, I mean, we've had them for, what, a, a week or two now? Yeah. Uh, I know I took about a week or so to to uh, mull mine over, do some research, and then, and then uh, we actually sent ours in yesterday. Uh, so... Uh, I mailed mine over the weekend. Yeah. Well, I didn't mail them. I dropped them off at the county. Right, right. Box. We did too. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I am I am told that if you even if you don't put a stamp on them, they will deliver them and they'll charge the county for the postage. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't do that. I can't. I, I would mail it with the stamp, or I would drop it off. Take it out of Vic Iverson's check. Huh? Exactly. Victor <laughs> probably wouldn't appreciate that. But anyway, it's. Uh, but I. I I think it's a you know it's a good system it's a safe system um, and like you said some of these races are going to be tight and so we may not know for a few days but right. but it'll that'll depend we'll we'll see I I think um, hopefully a lot of people vote we got some like at least my ballot I had let's see if I can remember I had governor I had um, state attorney general mm-hmm. and I had a school, school board, board, state yeah. school board. Yeah. And hey, those are all three really important things to me. So I hope people will vote. Uh, and if you need to do a little quick research, get online. You'll find all kinds of information about all the candidates. And, and uh, frankly, 
I feel like we're very fortunate. We have good good choices uh, for us uh, in all those three races. Right, and, and it's, this is the primary one. This isn't the general election Correct. yet, but uh, I will say this, and uh, we had Darren Cole on earlier talking about this. I, I think, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be a, maybe a two-man race for governor, uh, but with, with Hughes, I, I just don't think he has a chance to win even though he's in it. Uh, but honestly, if either, any of the three guys got elected, I'd be okay with it. They're, yeah. they're all good guys. Yeah, I would too. And, you know, I know all four of them. Thomas Wright. Oh, I forgot about Thomas. Yeah, Sorry. and Thomas is not going to win, in my opinion. He's only got 10% yeah, or something I, right I, now. I don't yeah. see it happening. But Thomas is a great person. Uh, he was on the board of trustees of Dixie State University uh, for, uh, I think, a couple years with me until they drafted him and put him on what's called the Board of Regents, which is mm-hmm. the higher ed system. Anyway, he's a great guy. In fact, his business, he, he kind of is the... I think the CEO of Sotheby's for Utah, oh, okay. you know, the real estate mm-hmm. uh, uh, company, and he has an office here, and uh, he's committed to this area. So these are four experienced good people. Uh, we are fortunate. We really are. And so I, uh, even though we, 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 we've got to choose, we've got to choose one, uh, they're, and their lieutenant governor choices are also good. So anyway, I'm... I'm uh, I'm excited to see what happens next week, and you know, honestly, uh, in especially the gubernatorial race, the the winner next week is the winner. I think in November. Oh yeah, that's that's usually the way it goes in Utah. And this, yeah. well, and especially this time, the Dems didn't really. Uh, um, this is just me personally. I don't think they've put up a candidate. They haven't put up a Matheson or a, you know, yeah. uh, or a um, even McAdams. You know, someone with some name recognition and some experience. I think the guy's name is Christensen. I don't think he's got a chance against any of the the four Republican candidates. So anyway, well, well said. All right, uh, let's take a couple of calls before we take our weather break. Uh, Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike today. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. Thanks, thanks for being patient. <laughs> oh, no problem. Hey, um, I worked up in the Fort Pearson Dark Industrial Park now for darn near over 10 years. There's a little bugaboo that, that every year I think it's going to get addressed, and it never does. I think you know what I'm talking about. There's townhomes on the east side of the River Road and uh, Sun, uh, Sun Rock or Sun Pro now, the block plant. Yes. About 100, 200 feet of pavement that has been unfinished, uncurbed, and two lanes go into one, and every day I go home, I'm going, why? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, could you, can you address that? Sure. Yeah, it's. I know exactly where you're talking about. It's one of my little pet peeves as well. Um, the reason it hasn't been done is because the property hasn't been developed, and we're Honestly, we're cheap. Uh, we, uh, we're trying to, in this case, save uh, taxpayer dollars by, um, by requiring that when the, the property owner develops their property, they pave that section of the road, their portion, if you will, their, their third, if you will, of the road um, width-wise, and do the curb and gutter and sidewalk. However... That's a situation where we've been waiting, waiting for, um, waiting, waiting, waiting uh, for the developer to develop that, and it hasn't happened, obviously. So we have talked about it and and asked our uh, streets division to to actually widen it there. 
honestly, COVID has slowed it down. We're just trying to be cautious with our budget because we do have some um, some revenues that are going to be down. We've done better than we've thought so far, but sales tax revenue is like two to three months behind in coming to us. It's gathered by the state and then you know distributed to the cities and counties, and so. Uh, that is something that I hope will get done in the next year. Uh, I was hoping it would be done by now, but we've just, like I say, slowed down uh, those things. It's it it shouldn't be that expensive of a fix, and so it, it's just you know priorities. We're kind of trying to do the things that maybe are the the most concerning. So we will get to it, and I would hope within the next uh, twelve months. Okay, very good. I, I know if you need donations, I, I got. I'll just. Be- just to do my part so. all right <laughs> you and me both thank you it's a good right. it's a good thanks, thing guys. thanks for bringing it up thanks and i'll bring it call. up again all right uh, caller you're on with andy with mayor pike how are you if you have four um quarts of pickleball do you have a gallon <laughs> I think uh, a that's gallon a diff- of different spelling yeah, 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 yeah. but, but oh, you're close oh, oh, the, you, English language is messed up. But you can use a word and you can't tell what it means. Huh? That's true. That's true. There's a lot of uh, those. That's that's when the new world order is going to make one language, and then we'll all know exactly what we're saying. I just hope it's not Japanese because I tried that once. That's brutal. Oh, I understand. <laughs> um, um, I really have a question. I'm really confused. Um, I'd like to know. Uh, who the city of St. George reports to, I got the impression that the city was in the county and that the county was in the state and that there was an organizational chart saying who reported to who, but I don't know who the city of St. George reports to. Uh, The city of St. George is a um, political subdivision of the state of Utah. Not of the Washington County. Not of County. Washington County. Okay. We are within the county, and so there there are services that, that they do, for example, that they kind of are charged with by the state that we aren't. Um, but other than that, you know, so like there are things they are in charge of, like the health department, the public health department, they are over that. And uh, that also includes mental health. Uh, so S- Southwest Behavioral Health falls under county duties. Um, and um, typically, uh, they are charged with elections. We just talked about that. They're typically charged with um, county jails. Doesn't mean the city couldn't also have one, but they're charged with them. They're also charged with uh, operating justice courts, uh, not district courts, but justice courts. Right. And so there, there are several things like that uh, that, that they do. Uh, but we, uh, if you will, uh, our charter, if you will, is approved by the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you report to the governor? Well, the I report. Governor, I report the Saint, city of Saint George's boss. Uh, I report to the people. Really, you know, you think about it. The governor can't, as far as I'm aware, remove. Uh, a mayor hmm. or city council so it's really more as an organization as a you know when we are incorporated we're incorporated in the state of utah so so really we report to the people uh but our charter our incorporation is through the state of utah now are you that person that's in charge as a weak mayor or is the city council considered 
the authority and in St. George. Um, as, as a, I'm I'm considered the CEO of the city. However, in the our um, weak mayor form of government, as it's sometimes called, city council, um, part-time mayor, and city manager kind of form of of government the legislative body is the city council and the mayor does not have a veto which is kind of where the weak mayor thing comes in i don't like that term by the way weak i don't either (laughs) it's not it obviously doesn't uh doesn't sound nice but (laughs) but, am i I a weak radio host because i don't hang on hang up on seth exactly i don't think so and so so you know what it means is the only time that i get to vote is in the event of a tie Right, and, and and that doesn't happen very often, as you know, because um, we have how many five council members. But if one of them happens to be absent, sick, or something, or if they happen to have a conflict of interest and have to recuse themselves, mm. then then I would step in if in the event of a tie. And I will tell you, I have done that about maybe seven times on average. I do it once a year, and and it's just. I, I say that because that's how many times, and I've been in for seven years, almost seven years. So it's it's rare that it happens, and frankly, I kind of enjoy the opportunity uh, that I used to have to when I was a council member. So that is kind of how it works, and and what it what it also means is while the mayor gets to determine the agenda, basically, um, and the mayor gets to vote in the event of a tie. You know, if the mayor isn't working in pretty good step and harmony with the council, then, you know, that's not going to be a happy, uh, you know, time moving forward that agenda. And so, and when I say agenda, it's kind of literal. I I approve the agendas for our meetings. Um, and technically, again, city council, they can, as a group, they could, with a majority, they could drive that. Um, but my my hope would be that doesn't ever happen that we're doing it together and we're not neither one of the the groups if you will the the mayor nor the city council are in you know huge opposition to each other we've seen cities where that happens it's yeah. not real fun it's not real effective so ours has been very productive even though we even though me, people may not realize this we certainly don't agree all the time uh we don't but it, very, very professional good-natured people uh, can disagree and that's uh, how we do it so i called the attorney general and uh, i got referred to constituent affairs or something and some young woman came on and i said if there's if there's a difficulty uh with the mayor and and the, the city um what's my recourse uh, since i i live in the county and this woman finally insisted, first of all, number one, she would never let me talk to the attorney general. And she admitted that uh, the governor, uh, lieutenant governor, and, and she finally admitted it was her job to make sure I didn't. Yeah, she was the blocker. Uh, yes, that's her job. And then she, would, she wants to prevent any constituent from speaking. Finally, she told me that my only recourse was the uh, county commissioners. Hmm. And so I'm just real confused about who does what and, and all of this. And uh, we've got too much government. We've got too much blockers. And we're spending too much money on gallons of pickleball. 
<laughs> or quartz, right. anyway. At least quartz, yeah. Q-U-A, no. Thanks, Seth. Let's go to line two. We've got to get a weather break in, but let's do this first. We'll take one more caller. Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. Since white silence equals black death, I was wondering, it's not a joke, has the city council decided what they're going to do at the Big Dixie on the Red Hill? Or like Dixie Drive or anything related. And it, it's a joke, and I'm hoping I won't hear that you're planning on taking them down. And that's all I have to say. Okay, good comment. I mean, uh, these are sensitive times right you now, Mayor, and he makes a good point. Dixie represents, in a lot of people's mind, the pre-Civil War South and, and of course, the Civil War and, and the Confederacy. Uh, have you heard any rumblings along those lines that Dixie is no longer... Yeah. Politically correct? There are several um, people right now that are talking about this. There hmm. was uh, uh, various entities. As you can imagine, you know, there's. I was, I was talking to someone the other day, our city manager, actually, and I said, you know, there's, you're too young, uh, Adam, but there's this thing used to be called the phone book. And what what you is that? that? You remember that, Andy? <laughs> yes, you and I, I are a little older. Oh, but, I remember. But you, if you were to go and look through our phone book, and they do still exist, but... Dixie, 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 Dixie. There's a just a ton. I would guess hundreds of businesses, businesses yeah. with the name of Dixie in front of it or somewhere in it. And so there, there are some people who are concerned about that. And there have been even a couple of demonstrations, some things on Facebook, some um, um, some Change.org petitions. I think you'll probably see, you know, some some changes uh, with some of those. However, uh, I, I I hope it doesn't. You know, I hope it doesn't go too crazy, if you will, because um, I think what is so important uh, is, you know, we, I mean, good grief, we have people whose names are Dixie. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we, and I mean, the former governor, Levitt, his dad, his name is Dixie. Uh, There's Dixie Whitehead down here and Dixie Larkin. Dixie Campbell. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of Dixies. You know, and so I, I think we need to at some point say, well, let's make sure of what's in our hearts and in our behavior, and, and let's, uh, let's be careful about, you know, uh, erasing or trying to erase history. Uh, there are things we can learn from it. Um, you know, there might be some symbols uh, that, that need to change, and there may be some businesses, Andy, that choose to change their names, and if they do, yeah. that's up to them. Uh, but I, I would hope that we'd be patient, that, that we would focus on, on behavior and attitudes and what's in people's hearts first. So. Let's, uh, let's, uh, on that note, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about statues and not statutes, but statues and what to do with those. Real quick, I want to thank one of our great sponsors on this show. It is Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant. His specialty is customer service. How do you know? Well, he's got almost 400 reviews online and he averages 4.91 out of five stars with those online reviews, including this one's from Lawrence. He said, Joe and his team made the loan process easy and seamless five stars. Kelly says, very great team to work with, five stars. It just goes on and on and on like that uh, for Joe Shoney. It's customer services. His specialty, loans, is what he does. Give him a call today, 435-590-6300 or contact him by email at joe.shoney S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Andy Griffin. It's 945. Mayor John Pike is in studio with me. And when I say in studio, he is literally in studio with me. We have 
a, what is that, about three feet tall, three and a half yeah. foot tall plexiglass between us. So you don't have to wear that mask, Mayor. I don't know because, why I put it back on, but yeah, Marty came in for a minute. And made <laughs> he me, had his on. Yeah. And, yeah. No, you're covered because we have this I know, big giant it's, thing it's, between it's us. It's great. And we have these at City Hall at our counters. And, you know, it's like we've said before, we just, we want to be extra cautious. And and basically what, what we're doing here is um, um, it's bringing confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have... Uh, we probably wouldn't worry too much. We dealt no, with this before, yeah, yeah. but for others and especially, you know, I would never want to get you sick, and so I wouldn't come here if I had symptoms. It's, right, uh, but right. still, we've had Lysol and wipes, and you know, we've sprayed thermometer things. Thermometer and, yet. So yeah. I think uh, Cherry Creek's done a nice job, and KDXU's done a nice job of of uh, protecting those that have come here. And, and this is just one more level of safety, and it's great to be in the same studio. Yeah, and that's Andy. the difference because the last couple of shows, John's been over there in that yep. other studio and we yep. you know which is further apart and it's hard to see him and there's a door between you know and and this way at least we're i mean we're about five or six feet apart uh, feet apart but there's a plexiglass between us yep so makes it good all right Doug, let's go right to the phone lines caller you're on with andy with mayor pike thank you for being patient hi i'd like to ask the mayor if he could have a redo on that sign holding fiasco would he do anything different i feel like uh he supported their implication that white people, if they're silent, that they cause black deaths. And I don't appreciate politicians who try to walk a line between patronizing both sides. And that's how I feel he did this and addressed it. I've heard his excuses, and I don't buy any of them. And I think that he's going to feel this pressure if he decides to run again. Well, thanks. I uh, appreciate your comment. And, you know, uh, I'm not worried about if I run again. I'm planning on running again. But you've, you've got to be, in my opinion, it's just you've got to be yourself. And, you know, when I get in a situation like that, you know, I, I didn't write the sign. However, um, uh, I took the sign, and it's my responsibility uh, for doing that. However, as I look at the message, and I talked about this last week when I was on, you know, really for me, uh, you know, it's it was a little bit of a dramatic statement, I would say, on the sign. But what I do agree with is I agree we need to listen to our all of our community, and that's one of my uh, that was one of my um, principles planks, if you will, in my platform when I ran seven well, really eight well seven years ago when I ran for mayor was listening. I ran on three things: listening, planning, and on. Um, uh, the economy and uh, and education, kind of bearing those things up, and those were intertwined. So listening is probably the most important thing for me. I want to listen to all the people and all the voices, and frankly, if we don't do that, then that's not really who I think we are. I think we've been known as a people that are accepting. Uh, we, we really are one Uh, one heck of a melting pot and that's really who we've been for a long long time you get into any any room and ask people how many you know were born and raised in washington county and the number is not as much as it used to be and that's because people like me and people like andy we've come from elsewhere and made saint george our home right so i'm i'm you know i understand uh People uh, may be critical of of a message like that, and again, I didn't I didn't write it, but but I bear responsibility for carrying it. And really, I won't apologize for the message, uh, which for me the general message is: 
we do need to listen. We need to be aware of what other people are thinking and feeling. Um, and, you know, it's important to know, as we talked with those folks, um, they were our kids. They were our kids at our uh, high schools, uh, kids from our uh, university and other colleges in town, and, of course, they were adults as well. Uh, what we didn't have was um, a bunch of uh, uh, people from elsewhere. I'm sure there were a few. We didn't have um, a bunch of lawless people there, although we had a few, mm-hmm. and we took care of those. Mm-hmm. Um, some immediately, some uh Again, I think our law enforcement did a fantastic job. I 100% support our uh, St. George PD, and uh, they did a fantastic job of, of recognizing uh, timing and, um, and trying to give you know, people the room and the opportunity to protest and to uh, demonstrate. But when there were problems, they jumped, and they jumped quickly. So anyway, I appreciate that. People are going to have different opinions on it, but I I would hope that people wouldn't read too much into uh, um, into what what I held and what I said. The main thing I I intended was to listen and to say to people by being there, handing out cold water and otter pops is what we were doing there. Was to say we care, we care about everybody. Uh, and by the way, all members of the city council that day were with me as well. Um, except Jimmy Hughes, who was out of town. Uh, and we were there to show some some solidarity, if you will, to say, hey, we hear you and we're going to try to hear you in the future and have meaningful dialogue. And, and we intend to do that. So that that's really what it's about. I hope you can accept that for uh, for what, that's, um, what that means to me, and hopefully it can mean something to you as well. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Line 2, Caller, you're on with Andy and with Mayor Pike. How are you? Good morning. Morning. I have a question for uh, both of you separately, if I might. First, Andy, you had said that uh, Greg Hughes, you didn't think he had a chance of winning. And yet the uh, most recent poll that I'm aware of showed uh, a spread between them, uh, 8% between Cox and Greg Hughes, and they said it was a 4% uh, uh, error, uh, uh, 4% possibility of error. And so if you take the 4 away from Cox and you add the 4 to uh, Greg Hughes, you're in a dead heat. So why do you think Greg Hughes doesn't have a chance of winning this election? Well, and the one factor you don't uh, put in there is right in between the two is John Huntsman. Uh, so, I mean, if we're going to take four away and move them around and everything, I still think that Hughes would have a hard time passing not one but two different people. And that's not to say I don't like Greg Hughes. And, and you know, I I really like, you know, him. Uh, I, I like his platform. I like what he's talked about. I I'm, I guess I, I wasn't going to do this, but I, I voted for Greg Hughes. And uh, I know the guy sitting across the desk from me did not. He voted for someone else. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I voted for him, and I want him to win. So I, I didn't mean to imply I don't think he can or should. I just think, no, I don't think he can. I, I think he's too far behind, in my opinion. Well, that's great. And I appreciate you for telling us, although you didn't have to. I also voted for Greg Hughes, and I think he's by far the better candidate. And so you've clarified that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayor, if yeah. I might. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, there was a caller earlier that was talking about uh, Dixie, you know the uh, yeah the name Dixie, yeah yeah, and that you know your your answer was that there's some people out there, Mayor, that uh, are talking about changing this and and so forth, and you know the, the the problem I believe we have is there's there's a, a vacuum of leadership, and one of the other callers had mentioned the same thing, Mayor. I'm looking for you 
to stand on principle and value and to stand up for our values here in St. George. And our values aren't uh, supporting the LGBT and flying rainbow flags in town, which you supported, and I understand you even uh, gave some uh, financial support to that. You're standing out on the curb with a, a sign, and you've explained that. Okay, great. The problem with that is you're not listening. What you're doing is advocating. And what I'd really like from you, Mayor, is for you to stand up for Dixie. So there's a few people talking about it. So what? Uh, the, the best thing we can do is say, well, we appreciate your opinion, but we're not going to change it because that's not who we are. And so, Mayor, I'd really like, are you prepared to stand up for those of us who believe in family values, American values? It's fine to listen. It's another thing to advocate. Uh, well, what I will always do, uh, as, as you've said and as I've said, I will always do my very best to listen to every person and to take into consideration what they have to say. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to always agree with uh, everything they say, maybe even anything they say, uh, but they have every bit as much of a right as you and I do uh, to their opinion. And, and you know, I, I'd like them to feel like that I'm their mayor as well, even if I don't agree or or go and, and march with them uh, on some topic. It's not all about, you know, demonstrating and stuff like that. But it is about, I think, being, um, being fair to people and saying, I, I'm everyone's mayor. The city council members are everyone's city council member. Uh, they, they may not have been uh, voted in by every single person, but once they're in, they are, as I am, we're trying to do our best to, to listen and represent everybody we can. Uh, and, and, you know, so am I going to, um, and, and I, well, and, and maybe let me take it a step further. I hope that people who live here will feel welcome, regardless of their opinions and their beliefs, uh, their social status, their nationality, their heritage, their, uh, uh, their cultural. I hope, I hope they will feel welcome here. Uh, I hope they will feel included here. Uh, those are all things that that I will do my best to do, and that's really uh, w w it. Doesn't mean you have to agree with or participate with me nor anyone else with each one of those people. But I think it comes down to mutual respect, and 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 that's where I will will always uh, end and 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 uh, and do my very best to champion as long as I'm the mayor. He brought up a lot of topics, but the one uh, foremost in my mind that we started talking about on this show was the name Dixie. Yeah. And I think what he's at, maybe what he's asking is, or will you say here on this radio show, we're not changing Dixie, period? Well, uh, you know, again, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Dixie on the Hill, I don't see that changing, and, and I, don't, I wouldn't advocate that changing. Uh, again, I would say to people that would like to, and there have been people over the years that have made that uh, suggestion or that demand already, mm -hmm. and so I think that will continue. Um, I, I would hope that, again, like I said before, they would look at people's attitudes and hearts and see through that, and as this gentleman said, hopefully see through our actions what our values are. And that Dixie uh, of the South and, and the Confederacy is not our Dixie. So I will certainly uh, speak up for that. Uh, the D on the hill, on the Red Hill, uh, or sorry, on the Black Hill, is, uh, is, stands for Dixie State University and is owned by Dixie State University. I don't see that going anywhere either, but that's up to them. You know, but I, I certainly think uh, that there 
there, I would hope people wouldn't feel a threat uh, by D or by Dixie being on our hills. I would hope that they would see the goodness of the people here. And frankly, if if we don't have goodness, then we better we better make sure we get it <laughs> yeah. because I think yeah. we do need to treat people uh, uh, fairly and with respect and be inclusive. And, and I think if we're doing that, people will see who we are. They'll know who we are and they won't feel any, any threat by, uh, by a word. You okay. Know? So okay. let's go back to the phone lines. Call me on with, Aunt, uh, with mayor Pike and Annie. How are you today? Great. Mayor, the solidarity and the unif- you know the, the collective community feeling that you are very supportive of gets a BLM and rainbow in your hand, but I'm wondering why it is then that you don't show up at a freedom event. You're so willing to be at these other more controversial events, but when you have 500 freedom walkers, you're absent. I'm wondering what explanation you have for that. I'll take your answer off the phone. Well, my answer to that, Adam, would be uh, that um, uh, that event, in my opinion, wasn't about freedom. It was about the COVID virus. And, and so I, I think there's a difference. Uh, now, in some people's minds, it may have been about freedom, but I've, I've got to judge that. And, um, and I also think that, again, back to my, my original point, which is I want to listen. I had listened to those very people uh, on Facebook uh, on the radio, uh, some f- personal phone calls. Uh, I knew what they had to say. I understood their argument. Uh, I felt like I had listened to them. And so I'm not going to make it to every event. And not all of it is a political statement one way or the other. Uh, and in fact, I don't think anyone makes it to every event. I was at a, a right to bear arms demonstration uh, about 24 hours after the event that, uh, that was a Black Lives Matter event. Uh, but I didn't see all, all my uh, good conservative friends there. There were a few there, maybe seven. So, you know, uh, I, I get to those. I went to a, 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 a peace uh, let's see, it was a Love, Peace, and Hope rally by Max Akin uh, that was held on Sunday. I forget which day that was in May. Uh, my, it was May, maybe even June. Anyway, it was fantastic. There were maybe 100, 150 people there. I would have loved to have seen 200 or 2,000 people there. So we can't get to everything, and I recognize that as well doesn't mean that me or anyone else who couldn't attend or didn't choose to attend that day doesn't believe in freedom. All right, we've used it up, Mayor. Thank you for coming in today. Yeah, Always a good fun to be show. here. Thanks, Great to Andy. talk to you. And then, you know, Dixie doesn't mean South and Confederacy down here. Dixie means volunteer and love and etc. It's the Dixie spirit that we refer to. Thank you, Mayor.